And it's a beautiful day. Good morning, GM, GM. Thursday. Wait, it's Thursday, right? Hold on, let me check. Yeah, Thursday, July 28th, 2022. Look at that. <laughs> Another beautiful day. Oh, my God, it's so funny. I feel like a robot. <laughs> I need to go listen to all the recordings of the week. I feel like I said the same thing every day. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's another beautiful, beautiful day. Look at that. Um... July 28th, a lot of things happening, a great show ahead, uh, we got, we're going to talk as usual about the NFT and macro daily summary, America, USA, is officially in recession, it's not like we could have, you know, it's not like we, can, we knew that, but now it's official, so there's a lot of smart takes on the timeline this morning, so I can't wait to dive deep into that and to explain what the hell it means, now that we're officially in t- inside of this. Um, NASDAQ and crypto rips that, that did happen totally yesterday. Still ripping ETH 1635. <clears throat> so it'll be, uh, we'll see what, what's going on there. Meta. So despite, despite quite the loss, I think it's two something billion. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is convinced that meta metaverse is really a trillion dollar opportunity. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to chat about that as well it was a headline yesterday. Uh, and then. We have a great guest coming on on stage, general partner One Confirmation, Richard Chen, a.k.a. the man who's doing analytics stats you read every single day. Yeah, that's him, Richard Chen. Yeah, the me bit. <laughs> He's going to come chat with us on how the hell do you spend $100 million on NFTs? No, he's not only going to talk and talk about that, but they did raise quite a large fund. And then they're big players in the space and they're doing incredible things. So it's actually really cool that we managed to get Richard Chen Richard Chen, sorry, on uh, on the on the on the show today, whose partner you probably saw, Nick Tomato acquired Punk Forty One Fifty Six not long ago, the Ape Punk, uh, for whooping I think what twenty six hundred something like that. It was three something. So um, so it's gonna be a good conversation. I'm excited for it. But in the meantime, good morning, Golden, Mando, Ovi, what's up, fam? Good morning. Good morning, yeah, man. How are you guys? I'm great. I am great. Um, just, uh, you know, just the usual, literally. Wake up. Missed, missed ETH again. Listen, it's going to go. It's going to. It's okay. I'm, I've, I've accepted. I'm, I'm going to go full uh, Wizard of Soho, you know, Young Bula. And uh, I'm going to wait. <laughs> Got that again. You know, it's okay. You know, we're not going to try and we're not going to try and catch it. We're just going to wait. You know, uh, uh, it, I don't think I, I don't know. You know, today's news also, we'll see what goes on. But it's looking strong right now. Holy shit. So I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely want to talk about it. Uh, we're going to see what happens there. But yes. So hold on. I'm actually pulling a bunch of thing up. Let's go right into the report because I'm hearing, Mando, I don't know if you heard that. I'm hearing that Ovi has to go early today. Yeah, Ovi's got to go early. Half an hour. He's got to, yeah. got to build a show. Wow. Unfortunately. 
That, yeah. That's pretty sad, honestly. It's very sad, Ovi. Uh, what do you have to say about that? We're packing as much macro as we can for the first half now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to pack it all in uh, into into a thirty. No, but let me actually get this uh, right away here with Ovi's little jingle. Let's see. Let's see on day three how he how he goes right after it. Daily market report. Brought to you by Rub Radio. Thank you and welcome to the Daily Market Report on Rug Radio with me, OSF. We have had some wild, wild swings in the last 24 hours. This morning, the USA officially announced, well, it wasn't actually the USA, I guess it's like the statisticians, but anyway, (laughs) officially announced the GDP number for last quarter, which was negative 0.9%. That's two quarters of negative growth. That is a technical definition of a recession. That's the big headline this morning. Yesterday, we had the Fed. They increased interest rates by 75 basis points, 0.75%. That was expected. That was not a surprise. But what was more important was Jerome Powell's commentary after the announcement of the decision in the press conference, and he mentioned that, uh, or alluded to the fact that um, they'll have to see for how much longer they can, they'll be this aggressive about hiking interest rates. Um, I think they talked about um, having to look at data before judging what they'll do with rates in, in, in the next uh, meeting. The next meeting is actually in September, so it's quite a long time away. Um, and the commentary was definitely like less hawkish than it has been. I think any commentary that says we're going to look at data to make our decisions kind of means that they're thinking, I think this is the, how the market read it, they're thinking that they're going to have an opportunity actually sooner rather than later, I think, or sooner than, than maybe people feared um, to actually lower interest rates again or, or stop the, the rate of hikes. So my guess is like in September, you may see a 75 bit hike. It may actually be even lower, um, but you have two months now until... Um, until the next Fed decision. That's quite a long time. Um, we already know that inflation in July is actually going to be uh, lower than it was last month. Oil, the oil price for most of July has actually been something like 20 25% lower than it was last month. So we already know the CPI number is actually going to be lower for, for July. And you have a long time until the, the, the next Fed. And on top of that, we just had a GDP number, which was weak. Um, it shows you two quarters of negative growth. So the U.S., is in a recession or actually to let me rephrase that it has been in a recession for the last two quarters because remember that's a that's a that's an old number um or or, or a looking back number and so the fed now is kind of getting pushed into a corner where it's like well economic growth is a real concern like the us is is in a recession and um there's only so long we can be aggressive about hiking interest rates because you should expect inflation to come down as this recession gets deeper and i think Maybe the Fed was aware of that or alluded to that yesterday. I think with this print today, you're probably likely to see them reinforce that a bit more. And that's why markets are rallying. Like, this is what we've been saying for the last few weeks now. Like, a recession is actually, it's a terrible thing for the US economy. Like, it's a terrible thing for jobs, for households. But it's actually a good thing for markets because it means that 
there's a greater chance of inflation being transitory, which means temporary. And there's a greater chance that the Fed will actually start to lower rates again to re-stimulate the economy. And that's what markets like. Markets love that. That's what tech stocks like. Um, and that's what crypto likes. Like crypto will always rally on, in, in low interest rate environments. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing. Like you're seeing it all play out. And, you know, my Twitter feed is filled with people like saying, oh, this rally makes no sense. Look, the US is in a recession, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, like, dude, the US has been in a recession for the last two quarters. Like this, this data is, is, is uh, a la- this is all lagging indicators, right? This is data for the last quarter and the quarter before that. Like you're, you're, you're talking about like the first quarter of this year and the last quarter of last year. Like this is this is old stuff, and and we've seen that self. We had that self in the last few weeks, and this is this is also another thing I tweeted today. Like the economy, the confusion that people make is the economy is not the same thing as financial markets. They're two different things, and right now the economy is not that great. But it doesn't mean financial markets can't rally, and financial markets are always forwards looking. They're future looking, and right now the future is telling you that inflation is going to come down because the oil price is down, and it's telling you that the Fed. Um, are either going to lower interest rates or slow slow the rates of hiking because we're in a recession and, and growth is going to be a bigger concern here. And that's why you're seeing a, a huge interest rate rally again today as well. So I actually think like that the last two days of info that we've had are like very, 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 very bullish for markets. And because there's now no information for like the next two months from the Fed and you you hit summer and everyone Wall Street's on holiday and stuff and, and people aren't focused like, I wouldn't be surprised if you had this, like, big, big squeeze and rally um, for the month of August now. I um, I completely agree with what OSF just said. I think um, the last two days, if you were to read, like, you're going to read a lot of mainstream news now about, oh, the, hedge, the Fed is hiking while we're going into recession. Everything looks terrible. I can't actually think of a more in the current situation of a more bullish kind of couple of days that could have happened just now, like the fed indicating that it's going to start looking at, um, data. It's going to be data dependent, uh, which normally indicates it's going to be looking at growth. Um, it's going to be under immense pressure now to, um, particularly going into elections. Um, I think we already saw, um, Elizabeth Warren come out yesterday and, and basically attack the fed for raising rates and that it's not going to help. Um, that's, you're going to continue to see a lot of that. So a lot of people in the Democratic Party, I think, are going to come out and say, put pressure on the Fed to stop raising rates. Uh, and then this recession, look, this recession is bad, but I don't think it's necessarily a surprise for for anyone. Um, it, it feels like that, particularly on a re- this is real economic growth. So it, it definitely feels as though um, you can see it in other factors. The only thing that's been holding up everything else has looked bad is just the labor market. And I think uh, that's basically what's being spun over the labor market strong. That's partly due to just people coming back to work after COVID um, and also to do, do a lot to do with um, people also leaving the um, the workforce after COVID as well. But the um, but the rest of the economy looks bad. So I don't think that's a surprise, but it, it now puts you in a, in a situation where what has caused this whole recession has been the Fed uh, raising rates um, in an inflationary environment. If it now indicate if if we which looks very likely we'll get a lower figure for CPI next month, and the Fed is now probably going to have to take its foot off the gas. You could start to see economists predict um, rate decreases in 2023. So far, those those expectations weren't even going to be until 2024. Um, you might start to see some of the big banks come out and say, "Look, we think we think the Fed's going to stop raising rates and maybe even start to decrease rates in the first or second quarter of next year." Um, 
that is going to be a very, very bullish sentiment. Now, on average, when the US goes into recession, I think it's something like the markets during the time that they're in a recession rally. They, I don't know the exact figure, but it's something like it's over 10%. Um, and they sell off something like 20 to 40% in the six months um, beforehand. Now, we've had that sort of sell-off in the, in the six months before. You've actually gone into a technical recession. Um, the indication now is that you are primed for the idea that markets look beyond the current situation to early 2023, um, well before the economy. The economy won't feel great for the next you know, six months, but markets will start to feel a lot better. Um, and this has been the bull case kind of ever since it started selling off at the start of this year. This is what Ovi have been saying in January. Like We want to get into a recession as quickly as possible, um, and we want it to be um, hopefully relatively shallow, but we want the Fed to immediately be um, put, put, put under pressure. We've gone into a recession incredibly quickly. Like I think most economists were not uh, expecting a recession this year. There were expectations that the recession would come in 2023. The fact that we've already gone into one... Um, means that monetary policy can't really do it, the damage that, that they were hoping to do, essentially, to, to markets to slow stuff down. Um, so I, I really kind of agree with Ovi. I think, I think we could be here now in a time where you could see markets rally a lot, particularly the ones that have been beaten up, uh, things like tech and, um, te- tech and, uh, and crypto. Now, the other side of that is you could see some of the bellwether S&P um, stocks which are tied to consumer spending not do so great. We've already spoken about that yesterday about the effect on NFTs, but in particular for NF uh, for the Nasdaq and crypto, I, I personally think this is a good environment, or or could could start to look like a much much better environment than we were in a month ago. Um, I don't think ETH is going close to one thousand again. I think I think this is um this is now set up to potentially push on from here. Wow. Yeah. That's some strong words, man, though. Yeah, I think it's going to, I think we're just going to keep going higher. I think like September is going to be different because people will be back in the seat. The Fed will come in again. We'll have a bit more data. But, you know, from now until the end of summer, um, it's hard for me to think that we're not going to keep rallying. It's not that I don't think we can, I think we can go up and down in that process. But the idea of this cataclysmic event where rates are going to keep on getting hiked. Um, and that was going to really affect leverage in, in across markets. Um, and crypto obviously had a massive collapse in, in terms of uh, leverage as well, which is slightly separate even to rates. But the environment that we were in when ETH was close to 1,000 was oil at 130, 10-year um, rates at 350, was it, Ovi? I think it got to a 350 bit, 3.5%. Yeah. Now they're at 260 So they've, 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 they're in about 90 bits, which is a massive, massive move. Oil is now... Um, below 100 and, and might even drop further from here. And now you've got the Fed coming out and saying, we're now going to be data dependent and the US has already gone into recession. We're in a much, much different macro environment than we were a month ago. So if you're sitting there going like, oh, I'm going to buy, I'm going to wait to buy that dip because it's about to, to drop below, um, you know, a thousand again, macro would have to turn pretty aggressively against uh, us all again. And it hasn't done that. It's actually got better over the last month. So, the, the macro environment for ETH to stay below a thousand, uh, a thousand just isn't really there in my eyes right now. So if you're going to buy the dip, buy the dip, but don't don't be like waiting to buy the dip at like one thousand one hundred. Just my opinion. I don't think we're in that environment anymore. Yeah, 
I think um uh I think if this ETH merge thing also goes through, like around September time, you can really see like um you can see a big rally in it. I don't know. I'm re- I feel like stuff is obviously obviously stuff is up like 60, 70, 80% from the high from the lows now. So we've had a big move, but um I have to say, like in the last today, um, especially after that GDP number, it's definitely like the most bullish I've felt all year. I think um, is what I would say. That's not like that's not a recommendation to buy. That's not like I'm not going to go out there and buy more. Like I've I've just been averaging down. Um, but just in like looking at all the data and everything that's happened, like it's for me, it's like the most bullish point in time right now. I think that I've, that I've felt this year. So, so what would you? What, what would be a strategy for somebody? You think if they haven't, they've missed it. And I, I kind of gave one to you yesterday as well for a like, What? How do you dollar cost average in this environment? Like to make sure you don't. That's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like if you've missed, like, just to the first thing I'll say is don't miss it next time. Like when stuff goes a lot lower and you have big crashes, that's when you want to buy. Like. Um, you know, people didn't want to buy when ETH was at a thousand or at nine hundred because they were scared of the economy and scared of the world and all this kind of stuff. Um, but that's precisely when you want to buy because that's what causes the low prices, right? And, and now you guys see, now you guys understand that, like, if you have the mantra, "Oh, I'm just going to wait for things to get better," you've waited. Now, it's, now it seems like things might get better, but you're now looking at ETH like up sixty or seventy percent, so you have a much higher entry price. So, the first thing I say is like, in future, when you have big drawdowns, that's when you're meant to buy. If you have confidence in, it, in it, at least in the medium term, that's when you're going to buy and you just want to average down. Right now, it's a much more difficult trade. I would say, like, don't if you want to get back in, don't use all your chips in one go. We've had this huge pump, but um, just dollar cost average. Like, buy a bit more when it goes lower. Buy a bit more when it goes lower. But you can buy a small amount without using your entire capital to have some skin in the game. So if it goes up, you still benefit from it. But um, you know, like, I'm absolutely not advocating people to like go all in at these levels. Um, because crypto is volatile and, and, you know, we've seen the crazy moves that you can get. But um, um, the best strategy right now, I think, if you don't have any exposure, we should like, buy a little bit now, like put in 25% of what you can afford and then um, set levels where you're going to buy more. So 1550, 1500, 1450, 1400, like, and stick to those levels when they get there. Like, when it goes lower, don't just get scared and like, oh, like I'm seeing some fodder, I'm worried about the economy again, so I'm not going to buy it anymore because it's going lower. Like, you have to absolutely stick to those levels and be robotic about it. And that's the biggest mistake people make. They, you shouldn't let the news impact your decision to buy things because all you really want to do is buy low, sell high. It is that simple. And just filter out every single other piece of noise. So when it hits those prices, you buy. You just be patient. And then when it hits your sell targets, you sell. And you don't get too, uh, too greedy. Um, and it's just about creating that structure for yourself, I think. Yeah. I would agree. I think I think maybe look at if you haven't got anything involved right now, you missed it, maybe put in like 10, 10%, 10 to 20%, and then just have limits. Like if it drops 10%, then you add another 10 to 20%. If it drops another 10%, add another 10 to 20%. Um, and you can have those limits on the upside too. Uh, but what I tend to find people do in this, in this space is like they either are all in or they're all out. They, they don't really know how to sell like 20% of a position. They're just like, oh, okay, I'm out. Um, and they always try and catch, try and catch the bottom perfectly, and they always try and catch the top perfectly. And you just don't really need to, like, particularly if you if you actually believe in this long term, like, just just 
just average um and you can just buy a little bit now if it's even if it's up in case it, it keeps on going and then you at least you had some skin in the game but then if it if it drops then you have a great strategy your strategy is already there it's planned out for you um i do think this this sell-off has been a little bit tough though hasn't it? that like there was the dip then there was the dip of the dip there was the dip of the dip of the dip of the dip like it got pretty bad so people probably didn't realize where we bottomed but i do think we've kind of bottomed now you've got a good idea of where the bottom was so i think you can have a good idea to like where you should set your um your buy levels to dollar cost well there you go look at that sound advice that we're getting on rug radio in the morning show i love that thank you that was a good breakdown um ovi i gotta say um the way you followed up on the jingle this morning was stellar uh, Thank I'm you. Eight on ten. It was incredible for your third day, um, and so as much as I made fun of you the last two days, I have to give you your flowers today. Um, and so, <laughs> with me on Rock Radio, <laughs> so funny. Uh, that was a really good breakdown because obviously a lot of people are like we've been talking about recession, recession for a minute. It seems like they like it's like they didn't want to say we're in a recession, and I was like, well, okay, well there it is, right? And so we saw a lot of tweets. It's like I, I don't know if you guys saw, but like. People were so quick to tweeting and like we're about to dump, sell everything before the market opens, etc. The market opened an hour and a half ago, and uh, and things didn't dump yet. So I, I didn't get the dump I was promised uh, by NFT Twitter. So definitely, <laughs> definitely be careful uh, what you read um, and have a plan if you don't know what you're doing. Like me, I don't know what I'm doing, so I have a plan that Mando gave me, and he wrote it down for me, and I'm gonna follow it, you know, because try to time the bottom here and there, whether it's Crypto NFTs or whatever you're trading is never a good solution uh, to anything you're trying to do. So thank you for that. Uh, on the NFT side, uh, Mando, I'd love to go to you. But before that. Yes, good morning. The NFT market is also feeling pretty terrible, uh, I would say, again today. Um, most collections down, uh, anything below five ETH seems to be down. One of the lowest volumes again of the whole year yesterday, both in ETH and dollar terms. Um, the floor prices of the top collections are still holding in. Okay. Board apes around 86 crypto punks around 73. Um, although volumes appear relatively low, there's been some movement on, on, uh, Mutants, I think, have gone back up to 17 or 18 and some volume back into other side land. ApeCoin is now back close to $7, um, which I think is driving that. There was some talk about staking being introduced um, or at least some news will be will be filtered through over the next month before that comes in uh, for ApeCoin in September. Um, I have seen very little in terms of large sales. It seems to be dominated by um, by newer collections, but but nothing really to write home about. Yeah, the small on the smaller scale, of course, volumes are really just. There's nothing going on really, uh, volume-wise, uh, on the NFT side. I'm looking again at the flips charts and everything. Um, yeah, there's nothing much, honestly. Unless, I mean, we already talked about the currency stuff. I, I mean, what was cool actually on the NFT news side, I shared it. I mean, it was cool to see CNN write a whole article about Damien Hurst currency. I know he put a whole tweet about it. I think we can say that project was quite a success a year later. I personally, I'm geeking about it because I, I, I followed it really closely when it first came out. Um, and uh, and I really, really was eager to see what happens a year down. And so it was cool to see all the all the fuss of 
uh, the articles. CNN finally writing the words NFT as well. But <laughs> I shared the article Very yesterday. What's up, Dickbots are still going. Dickbots Dick are now back up. Yeah, they, two point two point four for a Dickbot now. So let me plug. Uh, let me let me tell the Gucci gang of, that we're plugging this um, Dickbots. Uh, there is there is quite an event today. Today they're going to be celebrating a year of Dickbots. It's five p.m. with Melt Meltem, uh on on Twitter Spaces. Uh, you know, as a as a as a Dickbot lover myself and member of the Gucci gang, you know. I just want to wish everybody a good morning and a happy one year uh, into the story of the Dig Butts. So the legend continues, and uh, and Dig Butts are strong. <laughs> one of one sales continues to do very strong. Grant Yoon sold Dude, his piece. Whoa! I think it was over two hundred grand yesterday. It was hundred thirty something ether. So yeah, you're accurate about the the dollars two hundred something, right? It was hundred and thirty. I want to be accurate with my numbers. Uh, one second. Um, I think it was a hundred something. It was a lot. It was a lot of ETH. Uh, yeah, two hundred six k, which has been incredible. Like his rise over the last what six months really has has just been meteoric. But even in the last month, I mean, if you're looking at what Grant Elon has accomplished and like all the sales in the last month, they've just been absolutely insane. Um, it's like these, his, all of his artwork has bids on like the stuff. Like it's, it's just crazy. Like just yesterday. Yeah. I'm looking yesterday. There's another offer of 50 ETH in one of his artworks, uh, on super rare. This he's just, he's just popping, you know, it's his time. Are you guys talking about Grant Yun? And he had like, uh, yeah, Grant, if you go on the, yeah, if you look it up, uh, actually golden, it's G R A N T Y U N. You're going to see his page when I pin something. And, uh, and so basically also has fake rare a few days ago, which by the way, like on the secondary went for as high as like three, five, four ETH for an addition of a hundred man though. Um, so it was one of the most coveted and wanted fake rares. Uh, actually today is Dimitri Cherniak's and tomorrow's the last day of series eight. Uh, Dimitri Cherniak, I retweeted if you want to see, he's dropping a Pepe, which is so sick. Um, you really got some bigger artists on that, but yeah, Grant has just been crushing it. Um, it would be dope to get him on the show. Uh, we should definitely get him on the show. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm talking to him in the back end. It's just a work thing because um, still got work and everything. So, um, it's uh, it's um, we're gonna try and get him on. But yeah, the one of one art market definitely is not slowing down. Yeah, there it is. It's the alien. Uh, it's sold for 136.9 ETH, so 206 thousand um, dollars. So that that was that was pretty impressive. Uh, I know Kath Samar has a drop coming soon, which I'm curious to see. It's her photos from Pat- Patagonia. So I'm excited to uh, to see what's going to happen there. Um, and the rest of it, yeah, it's mostly on the art side that things are moving, whether it's clones or Rizuki doodles, all that good stuff. I mean, it's kind of like stabilizing and, you know, just moving. It was, it was great to have him sound as well on yesterday. I kind of got inspired to go up, look at Tezos a bit more. Um, and maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll have a, we're trying to get together a show. I don't think he he can he's necessarily going to post it. I think we'll probably have to form it with, with people from um, I think, different I parts think of our community. Could together. I think it would be pretty fun. It was yeah. good to have on. I wonder what happened on the test side and how many people actually went and looked at it, but definitely share it if you did. Like if you're, if you're buying art after the shows and such, like definitely like feel free to share and tag us. Um, definitely want to echo and elevate as much as we can. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it, honestly. On the NFT market side, it's really, really, really quiet. Uh, what are the? I, let me go check. I usually check that Dune analytics. Funny, Richard Chen is gonna come on this, on the show here later. He's the one that he built that that Dune. But uh, it's uh, 
It's flat. What are we at? We're July 28th, and for the month so far, the volume is at $475 million, which is the lowest it's been since uh, August, July last year. So since exactly a year ago. July last year was $328 million. And then we had the mega month of April, of August. Sorry, you guys remember. How crazy was last summer? We went from, literally when you look at the same time last year, Mando, we went from $328 million in volume in July 21 to $3.4 billion. Like, it's so crazy. And then we started getting these two, three, four billion dollar months back to back to back to back. And now... All the way to now, where last last you know June was six ninety five, and obviously July is about probably to be the lowest month, um, about to be the lowest month uh, in terms of volume for NFT. So, um, so yeah, things are not looking the best, but it was kind of expected, right? Uh, on that front, I don't know if you guys have anything else that you're seeing coming up or happening, but that's about it, really, NFT wise. It's it's been kind of crazy to see NFT worlds hold above one ETH. They're like up twelve percent, about one point four. So I'm assuming they're doing things there. Uh, but besides that, that's about it, Mando. Yeah, I think they came out and they said that they were basically going to build another version of Minecraft, which which wasn't actually Minecraft, but used many of the same, um, let's say, code or or features. Um, it's still kind of unclear what the exact details are around that. That's obviously a huge, huge project to then now undertake to basically create <laughs> your own. Um, but let's see. There's a lot of faith in the developers behind the yeah. project. That there is. There's a lot of trust in them. So we're going to see what they come up with. But yeah, on the NFT side, it's probably going to be kind of, kind of, kind of slower. It's really pay attention to what's happening uh, on the art side. On the NFT news side, hold on. I got to bring something up. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Did you guys see the Vanity Fair? Uh, sorry, the Variety uh, article yesterday on... Uh, by the way, why is Ovi not a co-host? Let me send you a co-host in my... Did you guys see the Variety article on uh, on uh, Gary Siri yesterday that came out? I saw the front page. What was... What, were there any, like, tidbits inside? Yes. So, <laughs> was there any tidbits inside, bro? Let me tell you about a tidbit. That was inside that article. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lindsay. I can't. I laughed all night long. Is that an English saying? Tidbit. I don't know, no, and I'm not laughing at tidbit. I'm laughing at the thing I'm about to pin for everybody right now, which went kind of viral on Twitter yesterday. So, in the article, if you check out the article, by the way, congrats to Gary Siri uh, on that. It was, it's actually pretty wild. Uh, the the cover. I don't know if you guys saw the article, Mando, but and Ovi, like it's crazy. Like they they have him NFT king at the cover, and they're. They're writing a bunch of stuff, cool stuff about him and about how he just came into the space and what he's done with in the space so far. It's really cool. Um, it's a great article. But there was this one bit that caught my eye, and I just pinned it. Madonna, Madonna, apparently, is still fuming uh, over getting beat out of board ape number 3756. And they quote from Madonna, I was hellbent on getting an ape and really specific about what I wanted. The ape with a leather motorcycle cap on and multicolored teeth. And it so happened that her good friend <laughs> and regular on going on the GM NFT show, Lindsay, is the person who has, who has that ape. <laughs> so, Lindsay, uh, your ape is quite famous. Uh, how does it feel? Let's see, you change your PSP back. <laughs> oh. How does it feel uh, that, that said no to Madonna, uh, you know, a few months ago? And now Madonna's fuming. 
Well, <laughs> how does it feel? First of all, it feels super, super awesome to have Gaio Siri on the cover of, of Variety. What a amazing um, thing for for NFTs. You know what I mean? The king. It, it, it says he's the king of NFTs, right? Um, I, I just think that that's great press. I think that's great press, isn't it? Is it not? It definitely is. No, I was just laughing because I, I, think... I called last night and I was like, wait, I know that ape because on the <laughs> I know, I know I'm deflecting right now. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. It was so funny. But, just... but I, I do want to give, I, I want to give him props for that. Um, you know, to, to get some, some of this back in the mainstream and, um, and people interested. And as far as Madonna goes, um, you know, it, it, it it was a negotiation with um, her, uh, not with her, but with people around her. And, you know, it, it, it's just like any other person to me. So, um, you know, there's there's more to say about it. I actually wasn't prepared to talk about it, but um, it feels like, um, you know, I'm open for, for any serious offers. What's <laughs> the offer? Feels- What's the offer? No, 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 we're not going to get well, it. Well, it's listed. Come listed with right the now. E. That's and, what it sounds like. Come <laughs> if you've got two thousand E's, just hit, just hit her up. Yes. Um. No. I'm. 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 You know. I'm well, not insane. I'm not insane. But. Um. But. You know. I wouldn't say no to two thousand E. Obviously. But. Um. Yeah. It. It was. You know. It. It just wasn't a. It wasn't a. Um. I love that. We live in It wasn't the offer. It wasn't It was a low ball. It's all right. I I love that. I love that. Look, I think I think at the time it it was listed I thought I think Deez's take was the funniest. Deez answered under the same tweet. He said if Madonna really wanted the ape, she could have she could have easily buy it (laughs) for market price. And a bunch of people answered. But what I love is is the people, uh, Lindsay who uh, are posting the photo of the ape and saying, there, I saved it. It's mine now. Those are always the funniest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those you are the funniest. And, and the, the reality is, is that, um, you know, I mean, this is, I'm, you know me. I'm like, uh, I, I love the apes. I do. I'm, I really back that project a lot. And, and at the time, um, certainly, like, if you look back, it, it, they were at an all-time high. And Was it a moment of pure euphoria? I remember. Yeah, exactly yeah, and I, February, and I, yeah. The no, no, no. Wait, Oreg so ETH was still three K. Things were yeah. pumping. Other side stuff was starting to get announced. It was insane. It was right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. there was. It was like I think it, that uh, the ape floor had hit a hundred for the first time, and. Um, you know, I was. Yeah, I remember. It, it was what it was. It is what it was, and it is. You know, it's. I'm. I'm. I have my forever ape. This one is not my forever ape. This is, um, you know, a, a top, top one uh, percent. I love your ape, Lindsay. So it's, it's listed. You know what I mean. <laughs> so. This, it's funny because when, when I first met Lindsay on, on Clubhouse last year, I came on stage and I saw that ape on May 1st last year when it, they minted out. And I was like, damn, this is a dope ape. This is my favorite ape out of all of them. And it was Lindsay. And so the whole thing, I, I, I'm sorry to bring it up. It was just funny to see this yesterday. So I called Lindsay immediately. I'm like, do you know that your ape is like super famous? She's like, yes, I've been thinking about it all day and seeing this. I don't know how to feel right now. And I'm like, 
I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was think- wondering what like Simon's cryptic tweet was about. Like I had no idea this yeah. is this is well, the Lindsay incident. This is what it is. And you know what's funny is is uh it's it's always I mean the things are funny, right? But I think we can put you in a in a category up there above Diamond Hands at this stage, Lindsay, kind of with, with Richard who had this like epic punk uh, crypto punk bid, you know, from Poap that he didn't take. Obviously, he's on a category of its own. But I think you've exceeded Diamond Hands at this stage, Lindsay. And so, <laughs> congratulations on that. Yeah, one of my friends <laughs> said, I, "I said, oh man, they should start a new a new show, and it should be called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Obviously, not me, or something like that." And he looked at me <laughs> and he said, "He said, who needs money when your hands are made of diamonds?" And you know, I mean. <laughs> it's it is it like I said it is what it is but the you know it, the the value is there this is a trait matched ape and and I I I don't know I just at we the time I I couldn't I I didn't feel like it was fair to to cut the floor um in that way and and yeah it just like it was one of those things you know, it's one thing to to refuse like the the top offer um, in the market. It's another thing to like completely cut. Um, you know, like cut the trippy floor would have been. It, I don't know. No, I don't know. Broke, help me out here. I'm trying no, not good. to like. I'm trying not to fuck myself up. You no, know what you, I mean? you're not. You're this totally... is like a, a recorded giant space. You're, you're, <laughs> you're totally fine, Lindsay. This is good. I just, I just, I just brought it up quick. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. You know we run with you, your fam, and uh, and and look at that. She did not sell her ape to Madonna because she wanted to respect the Treepy Ape floor. So now my apes, put some respect on that name, okay? Because that is a true board ape right there, okay? Mando, what do you think about that? You, <laughs> this is some diamond hands right there. Honestly, I, I, I love that as a response. That's one of the best responses I think. That shows real real loyalty to Board Ape Yacht Club. Literally, didn't, like, did, didn't want to undercut the floor. There's, there's you know, I mean, I mean, may, I, I'll probably become a meme. I understand that, but uh, you know, and at the same time, look, I grew up uh, loving Madonna, and and everything that she she did, you know, for feminism and and uh, LGBT rights and and spokesperson and all of those things and so um you know there there's a larger story there and it and i'm not really prepared to talk about it but i much respect to her much respect to to all of that um you know it it just didn't factor in to to this well madonna if you're listening to this feel free to reach out to our good friend Lindsay here and let's make it happen all right, and uh, and let's do it, and let's do it, let's do it in the in a dope way. Because she did end up with the Nate, but we know she wants your eight. So so that <laughs> I thought it was funny, Lindsay, that we're only a year later, and it was just a meme, a joke back then. It was just like all these. It still to me, it's still monkey sounds on Clubhouse to me when I think about that. And now you're like Variety, Madonna, like one of the biggest icons in the history of icons, the greatest of the greatest talking about how she wanted that ape. So I just thought it was funny. So I, I, I Yeah, I, I hope she'll reach up. out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, why I not? also just run. Well so I haven't but Lindsay, yeah. don't 
Lindsay, don't sell yourself short here now. This ape has a lot more publicity. So, Madonna, if you are listening and you want this, for what the price was, there's now an extra 50% premium on top. No, Simon, I'm not a... No, Lindsay, I got your back here. We're not going to let you sell this for cheap here. She wants it. She made a point. Yeah, Lindsay. I'm not a jerk. You know, I wouldn't... wouldn't... I wouldn't do that. Hey, she, Matter she, of fact, it's not for sale. It's not for sale anymore. Forget about it. She has an agent and manager that's going to negotiate for her. We got your back here. The safe is on the cover of Variety. We know she wants it. If you know that, look what happened with the Constitution, Dow. Once you know that they want it, we get to raise the price. So Madonna, a- if you want it, you know, it's going to be a lot more than what you could have had it for when no one knew you wanted it. So. Yep. Me up. Let's get one of the uh, street artists in uh, in New uh, York to just for, do a massive for, mural I, near I... Madonna's house, <laughs> so she's reminded about it every day. Um, and then let's just, let's just see where we are in a year. I know. All right, y'all, you're okay, gonna get listen. Gary on my ass. Okay, she. So... We have friends in common. <laughs> she can get my number. You know. <laughs> let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. I just thought that was a fun little story. You know, little things that happen in this space that we love to see. Uh, uh, but That's it's just, a great story. I mean, it is a great, great story, Lindsay. You should, you could totally capitalize on it. You're, I think it's awesome. By the way, you say I'm going to be a meme. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's funny. And if anything, it's your, it's your ape, and and it's really, I don't know. It's just great. It's like literally the Madonna. I mean, for real, you know, I'm holding back right now. The, uh... yeah, and and we're good. We're, we can keep it at that, and then. Here, a hard transition. For <laughs> Thank you. you. Uh, our guest is here, actually. Yes. And it's eleven and fifteen, so it's perfect. But that was kind of the story of the day yesterday. I thought it was funny to bring Lindsay up and kind of and kind of kind of talk about that. Um, oh, there he is. Awesome. And so we were gonna chat about the the meta stuff, but actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of incorporate that into 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 this conversation. I'm sure because I'm sure Richard uh, has some really uh, good insight on that. But this morning, we're really happy to have a, uh, another great guest uh, on the show. Uh, Richard Chen, who's a general partner of One Confirmation. Uh, One Confirmation is, you know, probably your, a lot of uh, a lot of y'all are probably uh, very, very, very uh, familiar with that. But Mando, I'm actually going to hit it to you, so you can, uh, you can, uh, you can introduce uh, today's guest. Yeah, sure. So One Confirmation is um, you're probably going to hear a lot more about it over the next, I would guess, five to ten years. But um, it's probably the biggest NFT focused fund in the space. Um, they raised a hundred million dollars uh, a few uh, a few months ago. I think it was April or May, um, and the aim is to for the fund to invest in in NFTs uh, and also uh, invest in NFT technology. Um, Richard Chen is one of the the general well, is a partner the general partner at, at the fund. Um, I think it's also run by Nick Tomatino. Um, who's been in the space for quite a while. I remember he picked up some of the Genesis art pieces on Super Rare like years and years ago. So, um, And when I first got into space, Richard was known really for being the guy who produced all the Dune analytics across OpenSea um, for Super Rare. So if you've ever been onto Dune analytics, um, it's probably been built uh, by Richard Chen. So um, we thought we'd bring him up. He's obviously an OG in the space too. Um, get a sense of what they're going to do with with a hundred million dollars? Maybe the vision um, that they sold to investors, and maybe get a sense of as well as the of the institutional um, demand for the space right now, even with crypto uh, going going south. So yeah, welcome, Richard. 
Hey everyone, thanks for having me. So, do you maybe want to to meet you? Great to meet you as well. So, you maybe want to give a little bit of sense of your your background in the space, how you first got into NFTs, um, and yeah, how how it went from building these Dune analytics sites to now working at one confirmation and 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 so on. Cool. Um, So, quick background. So, I guess before NFTs, like crypto, I got into crypto around 2015. It's actually through uh, cryptography. So, I co-founded a Stanford blockchain club, was doing research in Dan Bonet's lab. And that's how I first learned about Bitcoin and Ethereum because it was like kind of the most obvious like real world use case of cryptography. And then it joined forces with Nick in 2017 for one confirmation. Um, and really, you know, that was like around the time that uh, CryptoKitties came out uh, and like Dapper Labs invented the uh, ERC-721 standard. Uh, so it was this new asset class that was going to enable a lot of uh, use cases um, it was just like the best way to index this new asset class was to bet on a marketplace rather than um, like trying to pick like individual NFT projects as like winners. Uh, so that was around the time uh, OpenSea was getting started. Um, they were going through YC. Uh, I knew one of the co-founders, uh, Alex Atala, back from college. Um, so got reconnected to him. And then we made the, we led the seed investment in OpenSea in April 2018. Um, and wow. really NFTs like was quiet for like a couple of years and then you know, beginning like 20 or well, late 2020, beginning 2021, that's when, um, like things really exploded. So around that time, I, I think I saw this, you invested in a, like a number of different like OGs in the space, but I didn't know you led the, um, the original round for OpenSea. Um, what, what was the what was the structure of the market like back then? I, I mean, I can imagine how you felt. You kind of felt like you found the technology almost too early, and it was very difficult to bet on which NFTs were going to be valuable. So it's it's easier to go with the companies instead. But yeah, maybe maybe give a sense of um, some some of your other investments in the space, and and then I read that it went from a five million dollar fund to now having a billion dollars under management. So maybe maybe we can go into how this this most recent fund has has now been launched. Yeah, so I guess your first question about like kind of what OpenSea, what the market was like back then. So, I mean, I remember there were two uh, big competitors at the time, uh, OpenSea and Rarebits, but like the two marketplaces uh, that were like, competing to like be like a monopoly in NFTs. And I, OpenSea was doing about 4x the volume of Rarebits. Um, Rarebits ultimately shut down early 2020. Um, and Rarebits also raised a lot more money from VCs, but as the OpenSea founders were a lot more scrappy and and like hustled more and like getting projects integrated um and just like being very attentive to the nft community um we i also forgot to mention we we also led the seed round of super rare uh this was middle of 2020 um like i guess a few months before like nft art really exploded and like that was like kind of the first big catalyst of nfts is like you know probably you, like all the headlines with people, uh, Pac, all these big artists, like getting big sales. Um, and I guess like, for your question about like fund AUM structure. So uh, we're a venture fund. So um, uh, so our first fund was uh, $26 million, uh, which is back in 2017. And like we structured it as a venture fund uh, because we want to take a long-term ap- uh, approach to investing. So we don't do any trading, market making, like portfolio rebalancing. It's just... Um, you like bet early and then you just hold for like buy and hold for five to 10 years. Um, so we have the traditional 
venture funds, like we're on a third fund now that invest in both equity and tokens. Uh, but we recently launched this uh, separate, raised this separate uh, fund just for investing in NFTs. And kind of the reason was like we started buying NFTs out of the main venture funds, uh, but then it got kind of weird for our LPs because, you know, they signed up to invest in like companies and startups um, and like not necessarily JPEGs. So which is why we just uh, decided to have a dedicated uh, vehicle just for um, buying JPEGs. So this 100 million is just to buy JPEGs? Yes. Wow. Jokes on I thought you. It, I, thought, I, I saved them all. Big... Yeah, I'm that's... kidding. But... <laughs> that must make you, am I right in saying that must make you easily the biggest just JPEG fund in the whole market? Uh, it's like us and uh, 6529. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the AUM is, but uh, it's like us two are the largest for j- like just the JPEGs market. Yeah, I think I read that they raised like 28 million on their first fund. I don't know how the second fund was raised, but um, Mm -hmm. and then obviously it was always difficult to work out Ryan Carson's figures, but um, it doesn't feel like that's even on the same scale. So I think that would would easily be number one. Um, Wow. Okay, so you have 100 million to invest in JPEGs. Where where are you starting here? And I know you obviously have a long term thesis. We've all saw that you bought the 6529 Ape Punk. Um, uh, 4156 4156 um, I, I know you obviously like nouns you're rocking a me bit now where, where are you where are you spending 100 million can I can I actually before you go into like where you're spending 100 mil Richard yeah can, can I can I ask you about your because you clearly like you were very early like leading around for open scene 2018 a lot of people are probably laughing at you and laughing still, and they still are laughing at NFT. So in twenty eighteen, it's probably harder. You let Super Rare like there's two massive uh, bets that there's two big bets that you made very early on. Um, can I ask you before you go into where you're gonna like how, you know maybe how like your your vision like your thesis on on the space like how do you see like how do you go in about your investments because I think that's interesting to see from someone who actually like had the you know the 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 um you know, the, the guts to go in so early. Yeah, it says a lot, I think, cause to, to, just as, like you've moved from being VC that you see value now in NFTs and you probably didn't see that three, four years ago um, that you were able to raise a fund like this. Do you think there's more upside in NFTs now than maybe even some of the early stage VC stuff? Yeah, I guess uh, there's probably two different questions. Uh, so first, Farouk, your question, like how do you go about investing? Um, I mean, like, at C stage, like really you're just, like having to bet on like emerging thesis and you know, while like the early like total addressable market, like user numbers might just be like a couple hundred like users. Like I remember back in 2017, 2018, there were probably like, like only a couple hundred wallets that were like really active, like buying and selling NFTs. Um, and you just have to like hope that the macro tailwinds uh, work in your favor at some point in the future where like basically things will be like, pretty flat until like some big catalyst happens and then things just uh, go vertical. Um, And like the time and time again, like I've seen that play out is like this happened with DeFi is like DeFi was like also a couple hundred users uh, before like DeFi summer took off with like compound yield farming and then things just went vertical. Uh, So I think when you're like betting on emerging category, it's just, you have to like pick the the best team founder um, and like, they build a monopoly in like a really tiny market. Um, and then you just hope that the, the market like grows exponentially in size at some point. 
Um, and like that, that was the case with uh, DeFi and NFTs. Um, as Amanda, I forgot what your question was. No, I think I thought it was linked to Farouk's. Maybe it was slightly different. It was, um, it was interesting that you've now moved to just thinking there is a value in NFTs. Like, I don't know if you have this same experience, but I tend to find that Web3 seed or even early stage valuations are, are pretty incredible right now. Um, it's tough to find value. And I've, I've thought quite a few times whether there's more money to be made in the NFT market than there is in the Web3 like um, seed round or early stage uh, funding market. So uh, yeah, maybe speak to that. It, it's interesting to see that you now feel that the market is developed and mature enough that you can pick the winners with $100 million. Yeah, well, with $100 million, it's a mix of like kind of indexing like blue chips. So that would be like buying punk floors, uh, buying nouns, um, and also like mostly uh, betting on like up and coming creators. So like, for example, like we've uh, bought a couple of drifter shoots, um, like pieces early on as like a way to index the NFT photography market. Um, so it's like you can kind of segment the N- NFT space into like different verticals like art, music, uh, collectibles, brands, um, like digital IP, uh, and then like try to pick the winners in each categories. You know, some categories like photography might be like a tiny fraction of uh, like collectibles. Uh, so it's more of like a seed bet where you're having to pick like up and coming creators and like hope the creators like, you know, rise as the, the market grows. That's actually so interesting. I'm curious to hear about your, so you, you named Drift. I actually, I love that. I have a, I have a Where My Vans Go as well, uh, Richard. I bought it a few months ago. I think Drift's an incredible creator. Um, and photography definitely like had this huge moment last year. A lot of photographers really, um, really, really were some of the early creators getting uh, those heavy, those, those big sales. Obviously, Justin Versano, you know, Kath Simard, a bunch of other people. It was cool to see. Um and and obviously you're mentioning the punks, which is a classic. You guys acquired Punk forty one fifty six the other day, which was really cool. I read uh, Nick Tomano's uh, thread, and I and I've, and I've shared it as well. But maybe I don't know if you want to share your thesis when it comes to like those blue chip NFTs that you guys are acquiring, like punks and now nouns, of course. Um, don't have one yet, but definitely uh, looking for it. Uh, it's just it's been pretty crazy daily. Those those beds just every day they're selling over hundred ETH. But then also like. Um, I'd love to hear maybe um, what 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 is it what does a collection require before you know you at one confirmation really decide okay this is something where we want to put our money in. Yeah, I mean, I think like you're kind of betting on like Web three native brands. Um, so like you know in the past year like when NFTs got like really hot, then you saw a lot of like mainstream consumer brands like you know Nike and others uh, you know try to get into NFTs in some way, um, but what and it ends up happening like those like end up being turning out to be like more cash grabby uh where it's like this hot narrative and uh they want to like make a lot of money and like co-opt it um like to profit from it uh so i'm more bullish on like authenticity and like these grassroots uh web3 native brands you know that can be like crypto punks like they obviously have like the og story of being first like the first nft project um and like like other authentic communities like nouns uh, where like, you know, it was a large, I remember when nouns uh, came out around the same time as loot and like loot was really over, like super overhyped with a lot of, you know, Twitter shills, like Twitter loot, like tweet storms. 
Uh, but like Nouns was like largely under the radar at the time. Um, but it was it was a great authentic community. Um, and like, you know, you want to bet on authenticity, um, basically communities, brands that are going to be around for like five to 10 years. So, so you've said punks and nouns. Um, are you just going to buy all the punks and nouns? Is, is it, is it, or is there more? Cause there's a, that's a hundred million. I mean, you could buy a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, uh, we, we have like four years to deploy a hundred million. So like, you know, we're not going to like, you know, ape into everything like within the first, you know, six, 12 months. Uh, so yeah, we're being pretty patient about, uh, stuff like that we want to buy. That makes sense. Mendel's just trying to help the, Mendel's actually taking one for the team right now, trying to help the entire volume of the NFT ecosystem. Uh, because every morning, uh, I check price and it's bad price. And, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Richard, actually, every morning I look at your Dune analytics because I know you're the one who really <laughs> set up all the early, uh, Dune analytics for the, uh, for, for open six, et Actually in the morning. Well, we opened the shot. I don't know if you were there early on. At 10.30, we usually get a market rundown on the NFT yeah. market and macro and all that good stuff. And, you know, the last couple of days, it's just like kind of always the same thing, right? So, well, you know, there's not much to cover on the NFT space unless there's like a big sale or something that happens, which is cool. There's always something happening, but lately it's been obviously more flat, especially when you compare it to last year's month of August, which is a $3.5 billion a month, right? Um, what, do you, what, do you, what is your take perhaps on, on, the, on, the, on the state of the market right now for NFTs and, and where you see it going? Because obviously you have a lot of you know depth of knowledge in the space. You've been analyzing it for years now. There's a lot of new market entrants and participants that listen to the show. So kind of like from that angle, Richard, like where you see the state of it now and you know how you see it evolve over time. Yeah. Um, so I, I can probably pull up some of my Dune stuff right now. So now obviously like people who like look at the like marketplace volume see like it's all down like 80% at least from like all time high. Um, there is actually one project that's like largely under the radar that they're about to set an all time high volume uh, for this month of July. Um, so it's NFT Fi, the they're the they're the leading like NFT um, like collateralized like lending marketplace, um, and like that's just like they they just like largely flown under the radar and like they have like probably the most perfect like hockey stick graph on Dune where like each month almost every month is like a new all time high. Um, so I, I do think like, I mean, I think the reason why they've like had a great volume is like, like NFT collateralized lending, it, like in borrowing is, um, it's, it's a, it's a very anti-fragile market is like during bull markets, like people want to use the product to get leverage. Uh, it's like, say like your board ape, um, rose in value significantly and you want to get like some liquidity, some leverage on it. Uh, and in bear markets, like it turns into put options is like, if you put your board ape as collateral, um, like whatever your LTV is, uh, that's kind of the price floor. Like you're guaranteed to uh, get that money that you borrowed uh, if you get liquidated at that price. Um, so it, it, there's a use case in like both bull and bear markets, which makes it less reflexive uh, compared to like marketplaces where it's like very cyclical, like Coinbase's volume, OpenSea's volume is like very um cyclical um relative to the market uh so i think like yeah nft lending borrowing financialization has been largely under the radar but i've been seeing a lot of solid volume there richard i love hearing you talk and like i remember when i first got in looking at your dune analytics and being like oh wow this there's a lot more to this than what i thought uh question about your phone like i know you the headline says you raise 100 million uh 
is that do you look at that hundred million in USD? Is that in Ethereum, or are you also playing across other chains as well in your investment strategy, or is it like we just want to stack ETH long term? Yeah, um, so it, it's uh, denominated in dollars. Uh, that's kind of because of our LPs, like they invest in dollars, so like you kind of have to um, do your cost basis in dollars. Uh, so we you know just convert to ETH and then directly into the NFTs uh, rather than like holding uh, reserves in ETH. Um, and I guess, uh, sorry, I forgot what your second question was. Oh yeah. So just like, uh, well, that answers just like the third part of it, which was just stack ETH, but it's, uh, are you looking at it as across other ecosystems as oh, well? Right. Yeah. Um, so right now it's just, um, like all Ethereum. Uh, I think yeah, Ethereum is Lindy, uh, and like people underappreciate that fact. Um, and like kind of, if you look at like, artists who are minting across like different chains is uh it's especially like if you look at like tezos um is like they want to mint their like most prized work on ethereum and then use you know tezos um as kind of like a playground for experimenting with new stuff um and like because of the lindy effect and the stuff we're buying are all like high dollar value items so you know gas isn't really an issue uh which is why it's like all largely been ethereum to date uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And like that, that hits exactly on, I 100% agree with your point on Web3 native IP brands built here. Like I went back and forth on that a lot in the beginning, but I'm adamant that things born in Web3 will succeed much more into Web2 and traditional than things from traditional merge into Web3. And kind of hit on that point too. It's like, you know, I, I look at like a Batman drop or some of these other big IPs or sports leagues, like, they're all about just maximizing their IP value uh, value and making money for the bottom line. So they'll drop a project. And if they make a movie every two years, what do you think? They're not going to go drop the same thing on a different chain. So like, I 100% agree with you on that and love it. Yep, absolutely. So I wanted to ask, um, you have mentioned other sectors, music, um, you tinted upon photography, one of one art, um, I know, obviously, the, I guess the bulk of the funds are still under a classic VC star model. Um, is there anything we we had Mike Dudas on the, on the show last week? He was talking about what he's excited about in the space. Is there any any part of NFT investing that you think is going to grow massively over the next, um, like, let's say, eighteen months, one year, that you're saving the bulk of that investment uh, investment for? Do you think there's going to be a massive boom, let's say, in, in music NFTs or, or something going forward? Uh, it's it's really hard to like predict these like like kind of macro is like you know which sectors are going to be hot. Um, so like that's why you just really you can just have to be patient and like reserve, save a lot of cash uh, in case you know these things do happen. So like you're ready for it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and I guess the other question I wanted to ask is how how hard was it to raise a hundred million? Like the vast majority of funds that I've seen spun up over the last six to 12 months all kind of got spun up at the back end of last year or maybe early this year. And as far as I can tell, they, they all must be down quite a lot. Um, yet you raised one of the biggest fun, funds, well, the biggest fund in the space during during this time. Um, was that just a connection with, with previous LPs that you had or, or did you see massive demand from institu- on the institutional side? And are you expecting competitors, I guess, over the next year? 
Yeah, so our NFT fund is mostly institutional investors. It's a mix of existing uh, like LPs and like a plus like new fund of funds that like want to invest in our fourth venture fund, uh, which we're not raising right now, um, but like uh, decided to come in like earlier for this NFT fund. And like kind of kind of like the pitch to like institutional investors is um, it's like investing in like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies you know, back in 2013, like versus Bitcoin startups. And like the big, like, like elephant in the room, big question at the time is like, should as an institutional investor or as like any any investor, should I buy Bitcoin or should I buy like invest in Bitcoin equity like companies? And like the answer is like Bitcoin outperformed everything uh, except for like the winner, which was Coinbase. Um, And I I feel like that's the same is going to play out for NFTs or like there's a high degree of likelihood that like, this is going to play out in NFTs where like, should you invest in blue chip NFTs or should you invest in like NFT, like infrastructure companies? Um, and I think there's a good chance that like NFTs, like JPEGs directly uh, will outperform like NFT startups, um, which is why uh, we want to um, like kind of have exposure to this trend and like just bet on like a market that's keeps on growing. Do you think that's going to be the case? So I guess my specific question is on the institutional side, do you think you're going to be one of a kind here? Like you seem to have raised at the perf, still seem to have raised a hundred million or are you hearing of other big institutional funds which are being spun up um, and you think you're just the start of a trickle, which is now going to be fairly massive on that side? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I talked a little bit at the beginning, but I think it's like us, um, you know, six, five, two, nine, are like the two large players. And they're, they're, I guess the third one was Starry Night before uh, that shit show happened. Um, and then there, there is another one, uh, uh, curated. Um, I, I really like the founders. Um, they're a bit smaller fun, but, um, they have a really, uh, quality, high quality collection. Um, but those are all the funds I know to date that like only buying JPEGs. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more, uh, popping up like over the next few years. Yeah, I think I think you're the, easily the biggest. I actually thought when the hundred million was raised, it was a mixture between VC and and um, and NFTs, but that that definitely does change the landscape. I think, um, and it will be interesting to see. I, I'm just surprised it got raised now, um, uh, particularly after like Starry Night has gone the way it, it went as well. Um, but yeah, I think this that, that's great to see. Um, yeah, cool. look, I think I think we can maybe even talk about the market opportunity here. Like, we can talk about what Facebook was talking about, how big this opportunity might be. I don't know what you feel for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to to be honest, I don't follow Facebook Meta that much. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I just think they're like pretty irrelevant, and like big companies can't execute on stuff. Amanda, I had this one question the other oh, day with other guests, which I love for people who've been in the space and, and the craziness of like the last year and a half or two years. What's been the one thing that surprised you the most? And then, like, what do you see kind of, like, one of the next big trends in, like, NFTs? Obviously, you know, you, apes flip punks because of the utility trend. Do you see any type of more maturity or assets coming into the space? Um, yeah, so I guess maybe, like, on what surprised me, like, I can probably talk about, like, institutions, like, we're t- like, on the topic of Facebook. But, like, you know, like, Coinbase is, like, another example where, like, you know, the, it's a very like non Web three native culture uh, because they've hired like so many people from like big tech. Um, so like from like friends at Coinbase is like what they say is like there's buy in for like 
doing new stuff like supporting staking, uh, supporting L2s, like the Coinbase NFT platform. There's support from that from like the crypto natives and like the very top. So like Brian Armstrong. But the problem is like in the middle, like middle management and like legal um, just like kind of shuts all that down. Um, so like, you know, there was a lot of hype around like Coinbase uh, like NFT platform because they have so many users. But um, and like same with like the the Facebook stablecoin back in 2019. But like at the end of the day, like it's just really hard for like established institutions to execute on like new innovative stuff uh, because you just have a lot of people in like the middle management that are just very territorial and protective of their turf um, and just like shut down like new ideas. Um, so like I think you know if like Coinbase wants to change, like they probably have to bring in someone like Balaji who's just gonna like like steamroll people uh, to like push Coinbase in the right direction. Um, and then Simon, uh, what was your second question? Second question is like, you know, like, so once the whole like beginning when, uh, apes flipped the punks, it kind of changed the narrative to, oh, like projects with utility and giving airdrops. Uh, do you, what's your kind of prediction for the next year? Do you see different kinds of digital asset classes coming on? Like as the maturity and regulation comes to the market? Um, yeah, I mean, this like kind of ties in with like, Web3 native brands is like, I guess the, the reason people like them is because like they have utilities, like they find creative ways to uh, give their holders value, like whether through an airdrop, through like pre-sale access uh, to like IRL, IRL events, uh, things like that. Um, whereas, you know, if you buy um, some like, I don't know, Nike and Adidas NFT, um, it's like you buy the NFT and like, that's it. And like, it's just like kind of like a souvenir and like, that's why I know souvenirs don't really have any resale value. Um, so, it, 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 so like, you know, these NFTs like need to have like some utility, um, which comes from like just having an, uh, keeping the community really engaged. It's interesting actually to see, cause there's been such a, there's been such a, such a shift in narrative that that's like Sam is talking about that happened over the last year. Obviously, highly you know uh, led by the whole like ape thing, Bon Appetit Club becoming very successful and then you know raising a lot of money and also constantly just adding value to the to the to the to the NFT, the original one like the board ape, which now sits still and despite this market above eighty something and was even in the hundreds again you know, just most recently. So it's doing really well versus the punk, which has its time uh, you know, up and down, but where a lot of you know value investors seem to seem to keep going towards. Like you guys, I know you guys are betting on punks and make quite a lot of bets. I like the conversation where you talk about Web3 native companies. You said that a lot uh, today, actually. And it's funny because in our titles, we had the thing about Meta and then you mentioned something just now about them having a lot of, you know, there's, they, there's a lot of challenges because they have just so many loopholes to go through, right? And they just have to go through so many people loopholes and this and that in order to make something happen which probably sets them back a lot more than um, than uh, than other people trying to build so i kind of want to ask you what your take is on on the metaverse as a whole right obviously you mentioned 6529 a bit he's building the open metaverse which is really cool and web3 native which obviously has a lot of chances to just work out because it's built from within and goes faster versus a facebook who claims that you know their metaverse is going to be a trillion dollar market uh, industry in, in, in you know uh, over time yeah uh, my thesis on metaverse is generally is like it has to the most successful metaverses like 
have to start out as games. Uh, and the reason is because you want like stickiness. So you want users who are going to spend like several hours like doing shit in the metaverse. And if it's just like a bohemian place where you hang out and chat and like maybe like Blau DJs a concert, um, and then it, it's not sticky. It's like you just like pop in to do your thing and then you leave like after the event is over. Um, so, you know, if you look at like one of the most successful Web2 metaverses, like you, know, you can argue like RuneScape, Fortnite, like they, they're all, they all started out as games. Uh, and then eventually like the metaverse aspect, like the social stuff gets like built on top um, once they have like a core cohort of like really active users. So I think the right way to think about metaverse is just like um, starting out as a game um, and then expanding on beyond there. So do you, uh, have you invested in any metaverses? Is that something that you think is developed yet? Because I kind of agree with what Simon was saying. Like we've, we've kind of moved into a paradigm shift of around, let's say, utility NFTs um, being viewed as like more than a JPEG over the last, over the last year. But yet the, the, the NFTs that you, you've seemed to have invested in don't really follow that narrative as much, right? They're, they're more focused on maybe historical value, but nouns aren't even that historical. They're just kind of more recent. But where where do you think we are on that spectrum, both metaverses, to be actually be able to invest in and and utility NFTs? Do you think we're there yet in terms of stuff that you would consider investing in, or are you still going to focus on historical first? Yeah, I mean, for metaverses like, in games, like we've invested into um, Forgotten Runes and Webiverse. Um, like it's still like very early for like all these metaverses, um, but you know we're, we're just like kind of betting on strong teams. Um, that like aren't uh i remember like last year it was like a big meme of like uh people like like get a cinematic trailer on fiverr and then like raise like 20 million at 100 million valuation in like 24 hours but like you know staying away from the froth like betting on authentic teams is like which is what Not led us one. to yeah forgotten runes <laughs> and uh webiverse um but i mean like with utility nfts like um i think it's like kind of a false dichotomy to like just like kind of separate utility nfts with like historical value nfts like there are like historical nfts that will have the utility um it's like they're not necessarily mutually exclusive um but i do like think like like the both the utility aspect and like the the lindiness of the nft like is what gives it value over time i agree with that i think i put them in totally two separate pockets um completely like it's like it's this and that, you know, you have a lot of great utility projects and you've seen it. I know we mentioned a lot, but obviously the board of founders have managed to always add utility to, to the NFT and to bring value to their holders while building a community at the same time, which is really hard to juggle. And then you have the punks, which is like, well, I just want my punk to exist. Like, I don't really care about anything else. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. I, and I guess, and I'm actually curious to see what happens with the Nibets. I know you rock, you've been rocking the Nibets for a minute, uh, Richard. That's yeah. something uh, that I don't know if you know anything uh, more than we do or anything you like about the Mebit specifically. I figured I'd ask you. No, I, I just like my Mebit because it's Asian. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> oh, like, I, I found the Mebit that looks like the most like me. So I'm just going to hold this one forever. And like, it's been my like avatar for like the last year and a half. <laughs> I love that. You found like the one, you know? Yes, I found the one. Yes, it's tough to find the one. I had to swap punks twice to get to something I I figured was a little more me, you know. So I, I can I can yeah. definitely relate to that. 
it's it's tough. Sometimes you, you struggle to find the one, and you find one, and you're like ah, it's too expensive, and then you try to work your way out, and then it's uh, it's funny. It's it's, uh, it's interesting. I like what you said about um about the metaverse stuff. Actually, it seems like it was crazy. Like so many raises, incre- insane insane amounts of money that was being thrown around during like the euphoria of last year. How do you think investing on the on the VC side has changed right now? Obviously, a lot of funds went bust. You mentioned what happened with Starry Night and 3AC. Um, you know, which kind of like which was terrible. Um, what, what, have you seen a shift right now in mindset? Obviously, a lot of people have less money, so the answer is kind of obvious. But you know, do you think um, where do you see uh, VC and investments going into, uh, and how do you think it's going to flow into Web three now? Yeah, I mean, well, there's still a lot of like VC money like waiting that's like waiting to deploy, like just kind of money sitting on the sidelines. It's just uh, you know valuations have come down. Um, I think people are scared. And like there are like less uh, high quality projects um, like around is like during the euphoria is like, um, you know, a lot of VCs just kind of suspend judgment and just kind of start to invest in like hot narratives. Uh, But now it's like kind of coming, crashing down in reality. It's like you want to bet on like good, authentic teams and founders. um, And and like the number of those like hasn't really changed like since the last bull in the last bear market. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there are some teams that are like struggling with just thinking about like runway burn rate, um, you know, might have to make cuts. Um, but you know, if you're like a well-positioned team, then, um, you can still like, it's still like business as usual. And you can even be more aggressive with, uh, you know, hiring people that have been laid off from other places, uh, because there's a lot of good talent that's flooding the market right now. Yeah, that that's true. There is so much good talent, and just and it, I guess it's even if anything, it kind of makes it easier for you guys to kind of see who's still here, right? And which companies can stand the test of time. Yeah, for sure. And so I have another question for you regarding the NFT, uh, the NFT side of of the funds. Last summer, obviously, I talked about it earlier on the show. We went from three hundred something million dollars in July to three and a half billion dollars in August, which was insane. I mean, you were around, and it was. It was absolutely crazy what we saw, but it was heavily focused on generative art, right? We saw art, it was like art block summer, right? Yep. And it was like, it was like, it was crazy. That's when 3AC and Story Night was kind of came in strong. They acquired, I mean, their wallet is beautiful. Sadly, it's probably going to get liquidated, right? But it's like, it was, it was, um, it was a lot of, it was yeah. like, turn of pumps and, and the grail of the art blocks and Dimitri Chernyak work, Dimitri Chernyak's work, sorry, work, sorry. Uh, dancers, et cetera. What's your take on, on, on the generative art? Because we heard you talk about nouns and communities and companies and metaverses, but what's your take on the whole generative art movement of the space? Yeah, I, I'm very bullish art blocks, um, like generative art. Um, and actually, we're, like, if you look like this past few months, like what have been like the strongest, like price-wise, like what have been the strongest collections? And yep. it's like super rare one-of-ones, like generative art um, and like like OG collections, like, punks and i i I also put uh nouns in there and i i think it's like a it's a for generative art in particular it's like kind of a quote-unquote flight to safety uh where you know you have all all these like random 10k pfps that like someone paid some artists on fiverr to build it uh but like you can argue that generative art is like a higher quality art uh, and it has the same like similar traits as a collection of you know having a large uh community of holders um so you know that that's why um like these like the the floors of like like these um 
collections like squiggles, like Fidenzas, um, ringers, like they haven't, they haven't really gone down. No, actually they went up over yeah. the, like you had Fidenzas uh, way above a hundred ETH again, uh, from a low of in the forties, I believe fifties, um, you know, t- um, the Dimitri Cherniak's work also uh, went up quite a bit. We saw a squiggle floor bottom at like three, four-ish again, and then skyrocket to about 14 ETH. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, it's interesting uh, to see. And there's already always great collections. They're all selling out. I mean, yesterday, another curated set so, sold out, right? Another curated collection that yeah. went, went ahead and sold out. So, yeah, we'd love to see it. That's why I wanted to ask you about that because obviously it's something that a lot of people are interested in. Uh, and I personally, uh, uh, Richard, I've been... I've been in the rabbit hole of rare peppers. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's kind of where my 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 head's been in the last uh, in the last in the last uh, in the last uh, few weeks. Aside from what we're building at Rogue Radio, and so I actually is that something you guys have seen? Uh, have you have you been on other chains? I mean, you did mention quickly the Art of Tezos and Mendo already asked uh, Simon already went there, but have you looked into uh, like Bitcoin NFTs etc. at all? Uh, mostly just uh, Tezos. Like I was like I guess pretty big on Hiket Nuke when like a super artist started like kind of experimenting with drops there. Um, and like a little bit um, of like the generative art stuff, like FX hash on Tezos. But um, that, that's really to the extent of my cross chain stuff. Yeah. Hikitnok really started the whole movement. It's uh, it's, it's crazy. It was fun yesterday. Uh, actually, Richard, we had Misan Harriman on the show who, uh, who's a big, um, you know, um, you know, talks about uh, Tezos NFTs a lot and really helps put them on the map. So it was a really good conversation that we had uh, yesterday about all things uh, Tezos. Mando, I don't know if you had any more questions for, for Richard here, but I think like that was, it was really interesting to like have someone on stage, kind of similar to Mike Dudas last week, but obviously you're, 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 you're quite a, quite a high level here when it comes to NFT funds specifically, Richard. Uh, so it was really interesting to kind of hear where, uh, where y'all are at, uh, you know, in the market. Obviously, it, it's 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 appeasing to hear that there are still funds like yourselves that are you know very you know uh, strongly believe in in the future of the space and, and and where it's headed. So it's good to it's good to hear from you, Amanda. I don't know if you had any more questions for Richard. No, I think that was it. I was going to ask about generative art as well. I, I guess I was going to because I think that's what a lot of funds were focused on last last year, and then it all kind of went spectacularly wrong. I think well, not spectacularly wrong, but I think they got caught out with the liquidity of the market. And the move in ETH, but it is good to see some of the top collections kind of rallying again this this cycle. And I, I agree; I think some of those will have lasting value, um, the top ones at least. And, and not a question, but uh, Farouk, I, I know our friend is not here on stage, and he's next to you. So, do you mind uh, putting insurance guy through your phone to tell Richard about Rug Radio and why? It's- <laughs> I mean. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's funny. We usually have we have one of our, our our regular callers on the show that comes in and really is good at chilling. Uh, uh rug radio, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, Richard. If you're interested in in in, in the future of Web three decentralized media, which I'm sure you are, uh, you should definitely start looking to what we're building in rug radio. It's been uh, it's been really fun. We have our own native token. We we have a DAO, the Rug DAO. And uh, we're really pushing hard in order to to build the future of decentralized media. So there's a bunch of shows like this one. We have our own NFTs up. Anyways, I don't want to shell too hard. Never did on the cool. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the radio, show. Yeah. You know, we need insurance guy. Party, Richard. Uh, I was gonna say, like, uh, I actually, uh, I think you did a live taping back at South by Southwest in Austin, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I was there as well. Oh no way! That's yeah, so I think fun. OSF met him. 
OSF. I think you met OSF. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yes. So we, we that was our first like unofficial event because I wanted to like test the waters and see what's good. And then New York NFT NYC was really our first like bigger official rug radio live uh, unconference. So we had some really great speakers. Actually, you spoke of Drift. Drift was there. Uh, so was Dinah Sinclair. His girlfriend was incredibly talented. Uh, we had Thilo. Yeah, we had a bunch of other really, really cool people come by and, and kind of give a conf- uh, conversation. So next time, I'll reach out to you, actually, if anyone from One Confirmation wants to come out. We also rented out like the whole Super Chief Gallery. We put art from our holders uh, up there. So it was really, really cool. We're definitely very, you know, art-centric and bullish on the whole art space of this, you know, of, uh, of the NFT, um, art niche of the NFT space because, you know, it's kind of what drives it, right? It's, uh, I think it's important to keep that in mind. It sounds like that's very well also how you guys think about your investments, you know, very art driven. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, like outside of OpenSea, like Super was really our first bet in like a verticalized, like specific vertical in like NFTs and like art was really like the catalyst that started like all of this, the JPEG mania. 100%. We'll never forget. It was also remember the whole like the nifty gateway days, and yep. you said you led the round for Super in twenty eighteen. So it's uh, it's definitely how it started, and it's it's kind of been fun. I don't know about you guys. I feel feel very similarly. Amando, you and Ovi have quite the collection of Canary, but like it's it's feels like balance has been restored, right? In the space, and it's fun to watch uh, watch it all unfold. And artists really, really um, the, the the narrative being very artist centric. And, uh, and you know, it's, it feels, it just feels normal. It feels good. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, Richard, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm sure you have very, very uh, busy times. I'll reach out to you in the end to further conversation we just had, but just want to give you a big thank you and big shout out to yourself, to your partner, Nick, and to everybody else at One Confirmation. Uh, obviously, thank you for what y'all do in space. I think it's important, right? Obviously, uh, it's good to see, um, people, you know, the space have strong leaders and people who are willing to put uh, certainly their money where their mouth is and, uh, and really help push the space forward. So big kudos to you. Uh, thank you for coming. It was really interesting to hear your, uh, your, your takes on the NFT space. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Anytime you have an invite every morning, Monday to Friday, uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is when we host a show with my co-host, OSF and Mando. So big shout out to everybody who came today. Golden Crypto on stage right now is obviously going to post a thread in a couple of minutes like he usually does. And the show is recorded and posted across all uh, you know so, uh, audio platforms. So we'll be able to catch up, catch up uh, on and on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, all the good stuff. We'll upload that as well uh, later today. So big thank you to everyone who came in today. Mando, thank you for this. It was great, uh, great guest uh, brought on today. So it was a lot of fun. And we'll see you all tomorrow for another episode of, Rug- of GMNFTs on Rug Radio. Have a beautiful Thursday, everyone. Peace out. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GMGM on this beautiful day. Good morning, NFTs. We put up on Seth and Mando. Got the alpha on with me. And it's all on Rock Radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GMGM. Rock Radio.